Lourdes Garcia, and I'm a confident woman in architecture at San Francisco Public Works. I'm a senior architect section manager at Public Works at the Bureau of Architecture. And that means that I oversee a group of architects. I am generally there to make sure that projects are staffed properly, that they get what they need. Um, I'm a liaison to the client departments and their kind of leads. And in my mind, kind of there to support my staff so that they can do their best job. I've been working as an architect now for over 35 years. I have a couple architects in my family and, and they kind of exposed me to that as a career path. And that, that you know, I, I, I was artistic. I liked um, to think three-dimensionally. It just, I wasn't just sure where I would go with that. And one day I was watching um, one of them work on their thesis and I was blown away and I just thought, boy, I really want to do that. And I took a drafting class in high school. They used to have those kind of classes in high school. Um, and, uh, and then it just went off from there. I loved it. Never looked back. Being an architect is really, really important. Um, we shape our environment. We, we shape the places that we live in, that we work in. Um, we shape our cities, you know, not just us. I mean, obviously a whole group of, of individuals, but we are kind of like the visionary, the creative mindset, you know, that, that kickstarts that. That's a huge responsibility. And in the city, working as an architect for public and the public's money and public's trust is even more important because we're designing projects that need to have a really, um, you know, they're important as civic buildings and, and projects, but also they need to withstand the test of time, right? They need to be here for a while. And uh, that's an even bigger responsibility. My favorite part about the job is really the people I work with. Um, they are amazing. They are so unique. It is the most diverse group of, of in, an, in an office, if you will, that I've ever worked in. Just getting to know them uh, on, a, on a personal note, helping them kind of achieve their goals, which sometimes can be very hard in our, in our environment, um, our city environment. Um, and then just meeting our client departments and the people that work in those departments. I mean, I have a whole different level of respect as a civil servant, you know, it's, it's a hard job. Definitely sometimes, you know, wanting that kind of leadership role is definitely, it's part of your personality. You have to kind of want it and see it. I really have to credit my parents, really. Um, it starts really, really when you're young. I think coming coming to this country, you know, my parents put a lot of responsibility on me as the eldest to kind of be a leader already in the family. Um, they really needed my help with with my siblings and, and making sure that they got what they needed, you know, like they needed help. Um, because they were off working all the time. Also, um, 
there was no doubt that we, you know, everybody was going to college. That's what it was instilled in them. They were on my father's side. They're eight kids and none of them were allowed to get married until they all got a college degree. They had, you know, agriculture and farms, but my grandfather and my grandmother were pretty adamant. So they had these very long relationships before they could get married. So having a career and kind of making sure you had a voice in that was really instilled by mom and dad, I think, in all of us to achieve whatever and whatever. They didn't care, you know, as long as you did your job and you had a good work ethic and if you didn't like something you said something you know my mom always said you know don't ever let anybody talk for you you talk for yourself if you have a problem you go talk to that person don't go through somebody else because the message won't be what you want the message to be and you take care of yourself you have to carve out your own path period While I credit my parents for instilling that kind of desire to elevate yourself and, and, you know, do the best that you can and what you want to do, um, I feel really lucky. I had some really great mentors. I had Paul Holt, who's passed away, a great architect, um, Peter Fow, who's still going strong, an engineer I worked with for a very long time. His name is Michael Jordan. He helped design the first container crane mike used to do he would he would have a magazine that he would find interesting things in and he'd have a little routing slip on it i still get them in the mail with my lg name checked off and they'll mail it to me you know and a little you know posted that says lg i thought you might be interested in this you know this new building with concrete and you know whatever and so I, I just think you have to go out of your way to make sure that as a mentor, and that's what I, where I think I'm at right now in my career, is, is learning from them in their mentorship how I could be a better mentor, you know? Um, yeah, they paid attention. In this field, it's, it's a really interesting profession. So when I started, I didn't know many females going into architecture. I remember being in in college and I remember some of the guys saying, wow, you know, this project you worked on was really great. You know, when I have my office, you're going to be my interior designer. And I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have my office and you're going to be my interior designer. So it just it, it kind of went off a little, you know, you saw that, OK, this is how it's going to be. Then in my master's, I was the only female in my studio. Then going through the profession as I got older and older and elevated, you know, you are seeing more and more women enter the field. Um, I taught at CCA for a long time. And towards the end, you know, my studios were basically 50-50. Um, and so that's really encouraging to see. Because you want to see more women at the table, you know, it's when when I started, you know, having meetings and whatnot, there's maybe one woman at the table and then all eyes are on you. And then there's another woman. And then it's like, you know, you're you're almost like compared to each other because there's only two. Um, so it's kind of tricky to navigate that. There are barriers 
it would be silly to think there will never be. Because you're a woman, you have a different path than your male counterpart, especially if you want to have kids. So I, I never saw that glass ceiling. I, I think it, it was there. I didn't want to see it because if I saw it, you know, I didn't want to just know that it was there. I was just going to do my thing and it was going to work out and I'm just going to keep going because this is what I want to do. Um, when I had children, then I saw it then it was like, whoa, people are making decisions like when I can attend a meeting or not attend a meeting because, you know, I may have a child that I have to, you know, it's like, that's not cool. And so that was really eye opening. It was just like, oh, that was a little bit infuriating. Um, it warranted a discussion and many discussions with my bosses. And then there's like pay scale. And then you learn that people males that are your equal your peer your counterpart are not making what you're making and that was crushing it made me very angry and, and then you have to figure out how do you deal with your anger because oh my gosh if you're a woman and you present things in an angry way there's that stereotype so you have to um it's, it just feels like it's, you have to be extra careful. You have to watch the words you use in an extra way. Um, uh, it, it just, it makes, it's, it's demoralizing and your, uh, you know, your balloon kind of pops, but then you have to figure out how to pick yourself up and you, you just have to toughen up and you be, you become a little thick skinned and you could be called names or whatever, but, you know, I don't know, a guy would be called names if they went into an office and requested a raise, you know, why should I be called other names, you know? There were obstacles for sure, all, all the way, uh, you know, all the way through, but um, you just tackle them one by one. And, and I, I do think it requires you to be brave and unfortunately, you have to prove yourself twice as hard. Women that are, I think, struggling, that are in a difficult time in their lives, um, and, and I know some young women like that, not in this organization, that are trying, you know, they have to make a difficult choice. Uh, I, you have to, like, soul search there. You know, you have to figure out, well, what's... What's the priority? What's going to make you happy? And what do you think needs to happen in order to get there? There's always a, a, a way. There's always a way. And it may be a meandering road, but there's a way. You know, it's it's hard when you when you see someone, and it's not always a woman, you know, when you just see someone that just decides, like, this is just not going to happen, and, and you need to pick them up and say, yes, it is. And what is it that you want? Let's talk about what you want first, and then let's figure out how you get there. And, um, and, and check in with them. You do have to find your voice at some point, and you have to be smart about it. And you, and you, and you have to figure out, how can my effort be the most useful? and not be noise. You don't want it to just be noise. You want it to be impactful and meaningful. 
And it may feel like you're going to throw up your arms and you can't do anything because what, you know, I have no power. I have no say, but you do have power and there's strength in, in numbers, right? And, um, and you can, you pick yourself up, you go volunteer, you go find the place that even in the most minimal way will make you feel empowered. And you just, you have to, you have to, because you have to. Have no choice. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's an interesting time right now. Never thought it would be here right now, but we're here. More work to do again, and more work to do. Being a leader is super challenging. I I think um, it's a huge responsibility. <laughs> um, uh, not only do you have an, or, you know, especially here, right? You have an, a responsibility to the citizens of the city. You have a responsibility to your supervisors and then those below you. And uh, I think that's the hardest part is striking a balance. Sometimes what's needed isn't going to help everybody, but it helps the greater good. And that's hard. It's hard to strike that balance, yeah. I've, I've been able to work on some amazing things in different roles, wearing different hats, uh, to where when I took this job, I was perfectly fine taking a step back. And I was, I was comfortable with that. Uh, and I embraced that. Because what I did learn towards, you know, at this point after you know, over 35 years, you, you learn that you need every player and every person in your boat. And whether it's, a, you know, a manager, an accountant, an analyst, um, a, a, a junior person, it doesn't matter. Everybody's got to be in your boat and everybody's got to be rowing in the same direction. When my supervisor, which is what I am now, is not supporting the work that I'm doing or the great project that I'm working on or the design moves, my creation, my vision, if they're not in there and they don't have my back, it's, it's awful. You know, it's just awful. And so um, I'm okay. I'm okay being that like rah-rah person right now and taking the back seat and saying, I want you to carry out your vision. I'm gonna tell you what I think. But I think whatever I can do now in what I'm doing, and believe me, what I do now is it's there's no architecture involved, sadly. I'm doing a lot of staffing and spreadsheets and financials and all of that. Uh, that when I get invited to a pinup from anybody in my group, it's like the highlight of my day. It's like, oh, this is why I do what I do. Um, so it's it's great to see other people's vision take fold and what I can do to help them get to that next level right in their career because I'm going to be off and I'm going to be passing the baton and I got to pass the baton to some great skilled people so I'm kind of nurturing that so so I can pass the baton yeah I think now 
you know, I'm hoping it's gotten better. At least, you know, when I look at public works, we have a lot of women in high positions. Um, look at our director, right? I mean, that's how great is that? Um, our bureau manager is a female. Um, you're seeing uh, lots of women in leadership positions. And I think it, it becomes more, uh, it becomes normal. When you start seeing men and women in the same positions and whatnot, then you don't think about them as gender, right? Then it's just your architects, you're all equal and everybody's doing the same job. And um, so I think it is a little bit better now. Um, and there's more things in place to help women and families right men are taking on a larger role and raising their kids and their um, stay-at-home dads and you know taking time off so women can pursue their careers as well so I, I think it is a little better I'm hopeful I'm hopeful thanks for listening to snapshots a public works podcast podcast